Yo, this is Gets Craven, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine, and this is almost our last of our in-person interviews before we move to our video chat format. Um, I think next week will be the last one, and then it's uh, quarantine edition from there on out. Check it out. My guest today is Skits Craven. Uh, This guy is a great example of how labels don't ever really do us justice. Um, He's considered a horrorcore rapper. Uh, some I think someone called him the Marilyn Manson of rap um, and he talks about what that's like and also kind of finding his range as an artist to go into stuff that's way beyond uh, that type of music uh, he gives us in, some insights into blowing up on TikTok and what that's done for him and what it what it takes um, and also a really interesting perspective on live shows which I know we're not having right now, but someday soon, hopefully, we will be having live shows again. Um, he's got some great thoughts on that as well. So I hope you'll get into it right after the EDM.com track of the week. King Kung and Dex Turner with Bruno, the EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, get over to EDM.com and check out more new music. And let's get into our interview with Skits Craven. Let's get into it, man. I'm, I'm excited to know how it, uh, how it all came to be and, and what you're up to next and all that. So um, tell me about... Let's go back all the way to the beginning. Mm. Do you remember first getting into music, like the first record that you ever bought or fell in love with? Yeah, yeah. Well, somewhat first record I bought. Um, I can tell you the first hip hop album I bought. But uh, I just music's been my life. Music's been a part of my life my entire life. Uh, my my father was a musician. He uh, was in like a rock band and shit growing up uh, through high school and college and like early twenties. Mm. And uh, what do you so play? he was a percussionist, so okay. drums. Yeah, so him being a percussionist, he wanted me to get into like piano and shit at a young age. He wanted me to be able to read music and kind of do that because mm-hmm. he always said he wishes he started playing the piano as a kid. He wishes his parents did that. Yeah, they never did. So he's kind of wanted me to do that. So like around four or five years old, I started playing the keys and uh, taking like piano lessons and stuff like that, learning how to read music. So that helped. Um, music was always being played in my home. Uh, pops always played like. 
you know, Beatles and Sinatra and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so I've always been around music. Uh, got into percussion like in middle school. Got I was uh, I made the percussion team and did kind of that. High school, I I quit everything. I was <laughs> totally did a uh, uh, a U turn and mm -hmm. went the opposite way with my life. But uh, still continued with being a fan of music. Uh, first first album I ever bought was Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, he's forever my number one favorite artist of all time. Uh, so inspirational. I mean, I, you already know about him. So. Uh, and then uh, started getting into hip hop like around like fourth grade, third grade. Okay. Uh, first uh, album I ever hip hop album I ever bought was Eight Mile soundtrack. Okay. My mom's made me get the edited version <laughs> from Walmart. The, you know, oh, yeah, had, yeah. I think Walmart at the time was the only one that like. Sold like the clean version. Yeah, they wouldn't sell I mean? the dirty version. Exactly. So, so I was hyped on that. But then my homie had the edit, uh, the non-edited. So I'd always go over to his house after school and like do that and hear hear the hear the dope shit. So you bought that? Was that after seeing the movie? Uh, no, I didn't see the movie in fourth grade. I didn't see the okay. movie till like maybe a year after that, maybe like fifth grade. Okay. But uh, yeah, I just liked I just liked Eminem, man. Yeah. You know, and uh, and then uh, yeah, just started falling in love with hip hop ever since then. So real quick on the Michael Jackson record, what was the, what was the song that just bumped over and over? Oh my goodness, I'm Smooth Criminal is mm -hmm. probably one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. uh, Billy Jean, uh, my ass memorized the entire routine for the live <laughs> Billy Jean, everything from the kick, to spin, yeah. toes, everything, man. Yeah, I idolized that man. It's funny. I mean, you know, we we talk about, you know, it's hard to remember how dominant that record was or how or Michael was just in the in the scheme of pop culture mm -hmm. right like no no one is that dominant no one will ever be that dominant again be, for sure um, but you know but you bring up a good point like because we used to not just you know we used to watch the videos and memorize the steps and you know you had the whole world moonwalking mm -hmm. or whatever that crazy kick shit he was yeah. doing right um, and I don't I don't know that that happens anymore like as having an icon out there that people are like idolizing and memorizing each like, other. Like music videos are still really important. Oh, I yeah. know, you know, yeah. you, you reach a lot of people on YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. But I don't, it's not the same kind of thing of like. Definitely not. Of like, I'm, I'm trying to learn the steps and I'm trying to like really live that video. Mm -hmm. You're right. I never even thought of that. That's crazy. I just don't think there'll ever be another icon like Michael or Elvis. Or I, I just don't think we're in a time where that can happen. Sure. There's so many artists now with streaming, and I just don't yeah. think I don't see it happening. No, I, I think, think the closest right. thing to that was Bieber back in when he was like, as far as star power. Right. Maybe not people saying I want to be like Bieber, but well, he did. He he fucked up a lot of people's hair, <laughs> and so like I mean I'm I'm kind of joking, but like, <laughs> but he did. He like became an icon with that haircut, mm -hmm. right? To where you had. You know, you you see you're on the bus and you just see that Bieber haircut, whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's probably the closest. And I'm I'm sure things like that will still continue to happen, but but it's not at the same level. Right. Um, yeah, that's a trip. Uh, so okay, so Eight Mile kind of really makes you a hip hop fan. Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic because Eminem. I mean, I wouldn't even say Eminem's my. I'd have to put him top five. 
He might be fifth on my list. I don't know. But right? Everybody thinks like, oh, white rapper. Like, I mean, sure. I your favorite. It's like, honestly, bro, he's not. I wouldn't even. I'd put him maybe sixth. Is that right? Yeah. My all-time favorite's Lil Wayne. I okay. Mean, he's the reason I'm rapping today, pretty Is much. Is that right? Yeah. So what but, does that mean? Me, I, I was obsessed with that man's music uh, all through high school. Mm -hmm. Always bumping Wayne. I'm a young money millionaire, tougher than Nigerian hair. My criteria compared to your career just isn't fair. I'm a venereal disease like a menstrual bleed through the pencil and leak on the sheet of the tablet in my mind because I don't write shit because I ain't got time for my second Homies could always count on me having the new Wayne song that day. And uh, trust me with the ox chord and stuff. So Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, Wayne is, I mean... As far as like a poetry fan and a hip hop fan, yeah, untouchable. So how did you get started r rapping then? Yeah, so rapping uh, kind of just happened. Uh, so in high school, I started getting uh, around 15. I started developing a lot of mental health issues. Uh, kind of got a really bad temper. Was diagnosed with a bunch of stuff, and uh, as a way to release my rage and temper and all that stuff without doing it in life you know what I mean in front mm -hmm. of like at mm -hmm. people and stuff I would I started my therapist at the time recommended me write it write a diary and when he told me that I kind of was like a diary that's kind of don't teenage girls do that shit like I'm not writing a diary right he's like just try it just trust me just do me a favor fucking try it yeah it's all right so uh yeah one day I just uh, started writing like my thoughts down and like I'm sure there were. If anybody picked that diary up, they'd put me in a freaking <laughs> a, a cell block. But you know, I uh, it was a way to cope, and mm -hmm. it was therapy. So, so like those uh, thoughts and stuff started turning into like little short stories. I'd write like little things. I started getting bringing up this these fantasy stories and stuff, and and then uh, I've always been a fan of rap, and so I started writing like lyrics, like poetry lyrics. It wasn't like mm -hmm. songs, but mm -hmm. it wasn't. It was just like like just rhyming. And uh, that turned into like me showing one of my homies like, hey man, I've been doing this for like a month. Can I show you one of my like little spoken word things or whatever? And he's like, dude, you look, like that's dope as fuck. You should like try like going like rapping. I'm mm -hmm. like, what? All right. So like 15, 16, just started like finding beats and just fucking around and freestyling at lunch and stuff with people. And uh, then uh, I started getting more into the writing and I started getting started writing song songs actually with choruses and stuff mm -hmm. like that started showing more people and more people were just like oh like it caught their attention because I, from the jump I've always written like pretty dark uh dark music uh, a lot of them were like violent and stories and stuff like that so people were like yo like that's fucked up but that shit's hard like no one's mm -hmm. doing that like that shit's like you should really keep so I had a lot of like uh people in my life tell like motivating me and telling me yo keep going keep going otherwise I don't know how far I would have taken it um, but I just kept going and then uh, people started saying, damn, you need to like record these. And so I started off on GarageBand on my fucking laptop and I'll just, you know, started that way, but yeah. This episode of Rebel Radio is supported by Fiverr. How many of you are using this time to uh, get your side hustle going, launch a new business, some type of project? Um, if you are, send me a note. I want to hear about it. Uh, maybe we'll talk about it on the air. Who knows? But um, if you're doing that, you probably need freelance talent. I know we use freelancers for a lot of everything we do here at Rebel Radio, at our, our other projects with Rebel Industries. You know, how to find on-demand talent is an ongoing challenge. 
If you do it wrong, it's time consuming, it's frustrating, it can be expensive. Um, finding the right freelancer is for, for a business like ours and maybe yours is everything. Fiverr's platform is great because it helps businesses move through a network of trusted freelance talent. Um, you know, you can use them to find web programmers, copywriters, graphic design, editors, uh, hundreds of digital services, any, anything you can do pretty much across a computer, Fiverr's got it. It's easy to find what you're looking for instantly. You can search by service, by price, by reviews. You know exactly what you're paying for upfront. Um, they have great 24-7 customer service and they deliver quality talent that you can count on. Check out Fiverr.com today and receive 10% off your first order by using my code REBELRADIO. It's so easy. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com, code REBELRADIO. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code REBELRADIO. What was, um, what was the first time up, up on stage like? Holy shit, what was my first show? First show was when I opened up for Waka Flocka. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was tr fucking amazing. Because I was a huge Flocka fan, too. Yeah. So that was like nostalgia. You know what I mean? It's just a lot of emotions. Uh, it was cool, man. Except the dude in the front row that just fucking flipped me off the whole time. Of course. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so I took a water bottle and I threw it at him. Nice. Uh, that was fun. But yeah, Waka Flocka, man. That was, I was at the observatory in Santa Ana. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that, that was cool. It was that's a packed a good, house, too. That's a good place to start. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it kind of, when you go from that and then your second show's at this little bar, right. it's like, fuck, man. Right. <laughs> go back to the, the dope shit. But, of course. But no, it was, yeah, it was cool. So it sounds like you had a lot of uh, uh, encouragement kind of early on. Yeah. Um, you know, usually getting some hate is kind of part <laughs> of the journey, too. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, so how do you take... How do you take both of those? I, it sounds maybe cliche or corny, but I, I honestly feed off the hate more than the positivity because mm. the positivity, like in all humbleness, like I know I'm dope. I, this is the one thing I'm good at in my life that I'm confident with. I'm not mm -hmm. good at anything else in my life but this. So when people, you know, praise my music or whatever, I, it's almost like, like, thank you, I appreciate it, but like, this is why I'm doing it, you know? But when people like hate on it, I just want to know why. Mm. Like if you just say, oh, you're trash, that does nothing for me, and I will not respect that. But if you tell me, yo, I, I think you're trash because of X, Y, and Z, I can fuck with that. I'll sit down and have a conversation with you. That's cool. And I might even, like, pick some pointers up from it. I love hearing, especially negative feedback, I'm down to hear that. Like, I know a lot of artists that can't stand that. Sure. That literally, like, will avoid it at all costs. And I'm like, for me, I, I, I feel off that. I feel, I feel like it's healthy. Yeah. Especially as an artist. Like, if you have yes men and all that your whole life, it's not, you're never going to improve. You're not going to evolve. That's right. So I think it's good to have negative feedback. But I've gotten hate since the jump. You know, I had a lot of people, like I said, in my corny corner, like telling me, like, yo, keep going, like, you're dope. But then with that comes hate also. I had a lot of people in my high school and shit that weren't fucking with it or, or oh, you're white, you know, that kind of shit. So, mm -hmm. yeah. But the hate never really bugs me. I just, the, what bugs me is just when, like I said, when people are just like, oh, you suck or this song's trash or this and that. Sure. It's like, explain a little more bro like i want to hear it so it's funny i mean i think we need both right we need we need people in our corner but i mean it sounds like for you that that you know that uh that negative energy or that that criticism is is fuel as well mm. 
Um, mm -hmm. I wonder if that's, you know, so you talked, you talked about kind of some, some mental health challenges. Um, is it, uh, so you started writing kind of in response to, to what was going on inside you, which I guess we all do. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, did that make a difference to those issues? Like, did you find it, uh, did you find that helpful? Like long term, what you were going through. Yeah, so 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 writing, um, it helped short short term for me. Like okay. if like say I'd flip out at school or whatever, or like throw a chair, or computer or something at a teacher, I had a fight with another student or something. I would go home and instead of throwing shit at my house and raging out that way, I would go home and and just talk about how I want to kill this kid or do mm -hmm. whatever and make like like that kind of shit. And that that helps short term, long term. Um, I feel like I had to kind of. I felt like I had to grow out of the, like a lot of the, sh the, the, a lot of the depression and stuff. Like I still deal with depression, obviously, every day and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever grow out of that. But as far as like the IED, the intermittent explosive disorder, uh, that I feel like that comes with age. Like I'll always have a temper. I've had a hot temper my whole life, but I know I'm a lot more mild than I used to be, mm -hmm. and I, I've learned how to control my temper. As being an adult, you know, you fly off the handle, you're going to jail, bro. Sure. Plain and simple. So yeah. it's like you you learn what you pick your battles. Yeah. When you're a kid, you don't give a fuck. You're like, I don't. What, what are you gonna do? Like, right. You know what I mean. So right. I feel like that helps. Um, but the writing definitely helps me to this day. I mean, it's more of like just a, it's just what I do every day. So it's not like I'm oh I gotta write because this happened. I just write, good, bad, in love, not in love. You know. Mm -hmm. So, um, but definitely the writing was probably the the best way of therapy for me personally, during that time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I saw an interview talking about um, your your childhood, right? You're saying, you know, came from a good family environment mm. and, you know, and like maybe not the environment that people would think of mm. kind of leading to some of the challenges you went through. I think, you know, to me it feels like, you know, no matter where we come from, we can all, we all go through our shit. Mm. Right. And you kind of assume like um, that maybe people going through depression, like they've had it harder or they've had, you know, and I, I don't know if I don't, I don't know if it really works that way. Right. Like, yeah, I don't believe it. Yeah, I don't believe that at all. Some of the most fucked up people are like multimillionaires, kids, you know, like some of these like billionaires and should have kids. They're fucked up, man. Right. Because I don't, I don't know why I'm not. I, mean, I didn't grow up with millionaires, so I, I can't say I know right. what that feels like. But I, you know, I, I just think everybody's doesn't matter where you come from, and that's why they they. When I first like came out with like these issues and stuff, and came forward with my career and all that stuff, like the only I didn't give a fuck what people thought of me with these issues or my my past and stuff. I care. I, I don't want them to point at my family and be like, "Yo, you fucking sucked at raising him." Sure. That's the shit that pisses me off because I don't. I think that's a cop out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, now, I'm sure if a kid gets abused, I know, actually, I know people that have been molested and grew up shitty childhoods that are fucking great citizens to this day. No doubt. So, it's tough. That's a tough, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think we have these stories we tell ourselves about how, how those things happen, and, mm. and they're usually not true, mm. right? And, uh, and, you know, I've seen some, I was reading this book recently about the idea that, uh, you know, depression maybe comes from having it too easy yeah right and that's probably not the only scenario mm -hmm. obviously you could go through some shit and end up depressed too yeah. right but 
Um, but that's one scenario, right? Is that, uh, is that, you know, it, it's just, I, I think like, so we, we tell ourselves these stories about this path that we see famous people mm-hmm. depressed or commit suicide or whatever. And we always think like, Oh, they had it. So they had it so good. How could that happen? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, I think you're bringing up the fact it, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, I just don't think it does, man. I think it's, you know, so what have you learned now? Um, now you're a grown man, and as you said, there's consequences, whatever. So how, you know, when those issues come up for you, what's your process like? Well, now it's like I got too much to lose with the career and, like, making money and shit. Like, that's yeah. uh, that's my number one focus now. Like, yeah. my, at, at the time, I didn't, I didn't have shit going for me, bro. I was a bum. So I was broke. I mean, I was a high school kid, so you know, sure. most high school kids are broke living off their family or their guardians or whatever so i think you're supposed to be I, yeah right your, your parents job is to keep you broke at that age facts <laughs> facts uh they made sure of that they didn't yeah. want me getting money at that age cause they knew i'd fucking do That's some right. dumb shit with it That's uh right. but yeah man i uh what what um did you hear from fans like you know on the on the uh as you know related to mental health stuff like did you hear did you hear from fans about how what your lyrics were impacted? Oh, them? dude, for sure. Like I was uh, did this other interview the other day, and I uh, asked the same question, and it's crazy because literally, like probably eighty five percent of my DMs and like emails and stuff are all like messages containing to your music saved me. I relate to you. I'm going through the same shit. I have IED. I'm dealing mm-hmm. with. I have. I'm bipolar. Like it's all that. You know what I mean? That that's most of my 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 messages, and that that's those are the best messages. People yeah. saying like, "Oh, like you saved my life," or my boyfriend's in jail, and you're like you're keeping them like shit like that, bro. Like that's bigger than music to me, mm-hmm. and that's why like that's what really made me when I started getting those messages. When I started getting a fan base a couple of years ago, like those are the ones that were like that made me like want to keep doing this music. Like there's times where I feel like, man, I don't feel like fucking doing this shit sometimes, but then I'll get like messages like that, and I'm like, right. yo, like that's what makes me want to like try to be the biggest artist I can and work sure. my ass off because there's people now counting on me, you know what I mean? And shit like that is as crazy as it sounds like, how can you count on somebody you've never met? Yeah. But go back to that Michael story, right? Like, True. you know, look at all the lives that he touched and the people that counted on him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so no, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you have this style, I think your publicist here called you, uh, uh, Marilyn Manson of rap. Yeah. Um, the Source actually, that's how that came about. The Source right? magazine said that. Yeah. So when they said that shit, at first I was like, cause I've never been like, uh, cover your ears fan base. I think I'm a Manson fan. Uh, <laughs> I've never really been a Manson fan. I don't really know his music like that. So right. when I said that, I thought I was like, the dude with makeup that wears titties on stage and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Well, then I dove in a little bit more. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see it, I guess, a little right. bit. But sure. But yeah, no, that that was interesting when that. So how did how did that style emerge? Like I, I get where the lyrics come from, right? Um, but you know, you definitely. I mean, watching your your videos, you know, you, there's definitely a persona there. Yeah. Um, did that happen from the beginning, or or were there phases? That honestly, that was. Uh, I mean, there was phases. I, obviously, every artist goes through phases. But the dark shit is what I started with. I mean, yeah. horrorcore. Uh, that was my first song I ever wrote back in high school was was one of the most gruesome songs I think I've ever made and it's called Trick or Treat. Sitting in the mansion, finance in advance. Make you more scared than eating dinner with the man.
Yeah, I mean, I've always, because I was so angry as a kid, I, I was so, I hated everybody, I wanted to kill everybody, like I was such an angry person. Mm -hmm. And so I made these stories and these, and I got all my anger out, like I said, on paper and stuff, and all that was coming out were these like crazy ass fucking rhymes and like little storytelling things and stuff like that. So that's what, really what got me my, where I'm at now is just being different. Like there, you have like people like ICP and stuff, I hear that all the time, but they're, they're, everybody's like they're just different like they you're doing something different than them and it's like so there's always been like dark in hip-hop even Eminem has some crazy shit you know moral technique you know mm -hmm. those guys they mm -hmm. there's been darkness in hip-hop but I, I think I feel like I'm doing it a different way I'm just being me honestly I'm just like I said making the music and the, the brand is just me and it's really the brand is me 10 years ago like yeah so that's what I was wondering is like you know, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you still have your anger as we all do. Um, but you seem like, you know, I'm sure there's days when you're not angry. Oh, yeah. And, and, uh, and how does that impact your writing? Like when you go to write now and mm -hmm. you're feeling cool about everything, like... I'll write some cool shit. Yeah. I still got songs. I, I, I'm doing a thing right now called Mus New Music Mondays. Mm -hmm. And my goal with New Music Mondays is to release a song every Monday but have that each week be different. Wow. So like I'll drop a horrorcore song like this Monday, and then next Monday I'll drop like an R&B song and shit. So yeah. I'm really trying to evolve that way. I don't want to just stay in a box. Like, yes, I'll always be known for the horrorcore shit and the dark music, but I don't want to be just known for that. I want people to be like, yo, this dude's not just a horrorcore rapper. He's a fucking artist. This dude can do anything. Like, I'll write a country song for an artist. If Kenny Chesney hits me up tomorrow, like, yo, I need you to write me the five most fire country song. I don't listen to country, but God damn it, I'll make you the fire country song. Because nice. I, I just, I want to be versatile. So, yeah, uh, yeah man, I... I'm all about moods, man. The schizophrenic and the bipolar isn't just like in me, it's it's in my music as well. So you never know what mood you're going to get. You know, mm -hmm. one day I might drop, like I said, a drop like a love song. I might be, I might fall in love at the club, you know, this weekend, come out with a song and then she might break my heart the next week and I want to talk about killing her, you know? Right. So it's like, you never know what you're going to get. Sure. So I that's think that's cool. fun. I think, I, I think that's fun. I think artists that stay in a box, that shit gets boring. I feel like they die out. I feel like if you keep your fans on your, their toes and you never know what you're going to get, I feel like that's fun. Hello, everybody. My name's Evan D. Craven. I am today's newest patient. I'm glad I'm participating. I guess I'll start this off by saying I'm a labeled assailant. They found a couple unknown bodies riding on the... Um, where'd that New Music Monday idea come from? <laughs> Uh, I, I really it was me having so much fucking music piled up and I knew that I was never going to be able to re release it all so mm -hmm. I was like I got to do something with these I got to wipe the dust off them so and I just appreciate my fan base so much and growing up the one thing that I loved about Lil Wayne was he dropped music all the time yeah I could always come home from school and know that Wayne was dropping a track and mm -hmm. that was the dopest thing as a fan yeah so if I can give my fans that too like that's that makes me happy and that's what I want to do so I, this is, we're on our third season right now um, so we've been doing it for the last couple years mm -hmm. and uh, when I first did it everybody like everybody on my team is just like yo like you're, you're spoiling them you're, get, you're dropping too much music like right. chill out yeah. but then we saw the numbers like just start growing from that <clears throat> and that was that was when I was like yo like this is what I got to do so all the songs that don't make the album New Music Mondays. Yeah. So. Uh, and so, does that mean, are you recording, like, on a daily basis? All the weekly? time, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't say, right now, not daily. I was yeah. doing daily for a while, a couple months ago, but uh, I tend to overdo it sometimes, and I feel like if you, too much of anything isn't 
all the right thing to do sometimes. Right. So I. Uh, I was actually these last couple of weeks I've been on like a little writer's block. So I've just right? been, yeah, I've been really focused on videos and visuals. Oh, okay. So I've been doing a lot of scripts and writing a lot of treatments these last couple of weeks. And so I try to shift. If I'm if I'm kind of whatever on one thing, I try to find an, another piece in my brand that I can really focus on and elevate, whether that's videos or or just pure production yeah. or uh, you know photography, anything like that. Shows. So right now we're writing. That's really smart. I mean, I you know everyone I know you know, creative people go through writer's block. And mm -hmm. I think um, that's something I've done sometimes is just you turn your attention somewhere else where you can be productive mm -hmm. and just keep it moving. Yeah. That's the other thing, like why I want to make different types of music because, yo, like I would get so bored of making the same type of songs every fucking day. Sure. Like if I just did only horrorcore music, like that would drive me nuts. Cause, like I can only talk about dismembering a family so many different ways. Like, come on, guys, don't you? Because I get fans that like the hardcore horrorcore fans. When yeah. I drop anything that's not horrorcore, like, man, you're getting soft. Where's the dark shit? It's like, you guys, man, trust me. You guys are gonna get bored of it after a while. Yeah. So just, just bear with me, you know. So. Yeah, you gotta, but writer's block happens, dude. It happens to everybody, like you said, and you just gotta find ways to, uh, I used to get so discouraged, I thought I was falling off when I was uh -huh. first starting out and I'd get writer's block. That shit happens to everybody. Right. And uh, like I said, you gotta find ways to just work around it and then get back to it when it comes back to you. So are you noticing then, you know, if you're making music in different styles, right, are you noticing different fan bases? Like is there the horrorcore mm -hmm. fans mm -hmm. and then the R&B fans Hell or whatever? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude! I honestly, this the, the going viral on TikTok like gave me so many like mainstream fans. It's insane. So then it made me feel like, damn, I gotta make some some club shit. I gotta start uh -huh. making some more like mainstream music, which yeah. is horrible for fans to hear when they're underground artists. Is you know, stay underground, don't do that. You know, but you have to, bro. You have to like you have to evolve and you have to cater to people who are listening to your music because that's the paycheck. So. As much as I say, like, yo, I, I'm always going to make music I want to make, that's 100% true. Because I like sound of, like, you know, I like, like, I, I like a lot of pop songs, bro. Like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of pop songs that I fuck with. There's a lot of, like, jazz songs I fuck with. There's a lot of, like, ED, EDM music that I fuck with and shit. So it's like, I'm always going to make songs I want, but I'm still going to cater to my audience, too. So I gotta, you got to find both. But, like, if I can make songs I want and cater at the same time, that's a win-win for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, it's a really interesting approach. I've seen, I've seen a lot of people that go too far in either direction. Mm. And I think, you know, some people are afraid to piss off their fans and then their fans move on anyway. People grow up. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I imagine, you know, something like horrorcore probably has an age range that that's most appealing to. And then, you know, some people carry it with them. I'm amazed by ICP. Like I remember they're still they, doing it. I remember when they first came out, and you know, and they're still doing it. They're in their forties, and they built what they built is incredible. Mm. It's not, I don't. It's not for me. It never has been right, for me. Yeah. But I, you got to appreciate yeah. that. Like they built this whole industry for themselves, and they and they still stay at it. It's crazy. That's that. Yeah. Like even Tech Nine and stuff. Like yeah. Yeah, you can do that and be your own CEO for sure for that long. Fuck, can't hate that hustle, bro. Yeah, like you said, ICP and shit. I don't know their shit. I don't mm -hmm. listen to their music, but I will always respect you know the hustle and the work, the grind and the longevity. Yeah, that's hard to do, for sure. especially in this industry. Almost impossible at times. For sure. Um, well, they built this tribe, right? And they got their 
you know, juggalos everywhere. Yeah. And those motherfuckers ride for them, bro. <laughs> yeah, they those do. dudes are, they're ride or die for life. Like I said, you said there's an age gap and stuff. Like you would think like the horrorcore shit would be more appealing to the younger kids. Yo, my 40 year old fan face, like the older, like they're the ones that are fucking really heavy with the horrorcore. Right? Yeah, bro. I wonder why. I don't. I'm not. I have no idea. But well, I don't know. Let's take a guess. I mean, I think that. Um, First of all, I think we all have these emotions mm. running through us that, you know, when you're in your 40s, you don't get a chance to express those or mm. tap into those very often. You know, it's a lot more acceptable to while out when you're 16. Mm -hmm. um, so music is, is an escape, right? I can lose myself in the emotion of a song for three minutes and have that, you know, have that experience. Um, I also think that, uh, you know, people... Like, you know, we have our core music. You, you know, you talk about Michael, that you'll always love that album because, because it hit you at a certain point in your life. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, someone 20 years younger, they discover Thriller, and they're like, yeah, it's a good record. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But it's not like I'm playing it over and over and mm -hmm. over and, you know, learning all the moves and that because that's a, just something we do in our teens, and then we carry a lot of that with us. And, you know, the, the emotional, you know, the baggage yeah. with us for life. So I think it's probably a combination of those things. That's a good point. That's a really um, good point. But, you know, talking about ICP, so I, I've, I've read some stuff you talking about your live show. Mm -hmm. And um, so tell me about, I haven't seen it. So mm -hmm. tell me about what it's like on stage. What are you trying to do? <laughs> trying to fuck shit up. <laughs> no, I... Uh, my goal every night is to have people walk out of that show dripping in sweat, mm. smiling, looking at their homie, being like, yo, that was a fucking epic show. Let's go back tomorrow night. He's in our city for another night. Let's go back to the, let's drive two more hours up north and go to that show too. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. I don't want, there's nothing I hate more. And I, I, a lot of my favorite artists do this, the OGs and shit. They drink in their hand. Let the fucking crowd sure. sing half their songs, barely move around, not very, not, that is, drives me insane. Like, I'm the exact opposite of that. I want to, I want to, I want to mosh, I want to, you know, crowd surf, I want to, I want to rock star that shit. And yeah. I want to really engage with the fans. And that's what I'm there for. They're there to see me live. They, they know my music, they know all that shit. They're there to see you live and put on a show and a performance. And I feel like a lot of, especially in hip hop, a lot of artists are getting lazy. There's so more about that, looking cool and shit on stage than, sure. than taking your shirt off, getting sweaty, and just fucking raging. Like, that's, so. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that come from? Did you did you have that from the beginning? Yeah, I've always been very rowdy. I'm very hyper. Okay. If you can't tell. I'm very, very hyper. And yeah. I, I'm, very, I'm kind of a spaz. And I also, like, when I, my party days, I got partied hard. Uh -huh. I was always, like, doing crazy shit. Yeah. Getting kicked out of places and stuff. And I think, like, that, that my, my music's very laid back. I've, but I want my live shows to be, like, opposite of that. Like a lot of people are like, oh, dude, you're probably chill. like you're probably sit down on stage and shit. It's like, yeah, I'm definitely. I want even my shows to be bipolar. Like there's certain songs that call for me sitting on a stool with a mic stand and chilling out for a little bit. But then the next song could be some crazy shit where I take the stool, smash the stool, and then fucking rage. You know. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's what I kind of picture my rest of my career being until yeah. I get old and my knees start hurting and then I can't fucking do that. But, um, so that's what I read is you said it's not a concert it's a movie yeah movie shit bro I want to make movies bro I want, I want this shit to be legendary I want it to live on forever I want people to always remember the Skits Craven show like, yeah that motherfucker was nuts that, that show was fucking insane yeah you know who's um 
whose shows have you seen that kind of influenced you? A lot of shows. A lot of shows. Travis Scott. Yeah. He's a phenomenal performer. Is that right? Yeah. He's really... The fucking ground, bro. I've never... This was the first time I've ever seen this shit. The ground at the festival... <laughs> doing that yeah from i don't know if it was from the you know the speakers and all that yeah, shit but yeah. it's just the vibe everybody was jumping there was thousands of people like that shit was a movie yeah uh also uh um oh uh machine gun kelly he's a really good performer i've seen him mm -hmm. once it was really good i was younger though mm -hmm. i liked the way he he you know read the crowd and catered to him uh michael jackson bro although i've never seen him live right you ever seen him live henry no, but I met a girl at a party we had for him once. Okay. There you go. That's <laughs> close enough, that. right? <laughs> nice. All right. That's better than I got. So you mentioned the TikTok kind of going viral on TikTok. Yeah. How, how'd that happen? And what's, what's, uh, wh what is TikTok like for you? Well, yeah, dude, that was a trip, man. Uh, so TikTok, yeah, it was on my birthday last year or last summer on July 9th, I started getting, I was at the studio just working and I started, my phone just started blowing up. I'm like, what the fuck? And I go on Instagram and I'm just getting floods of messages and people are like, you're going viral on TikTok. You're going viral. Like just all that shit. I'm like, what the fuck is TikTok? I had no idea what the fuck TikTok was. Wow. I was like, what the fuck is TikTok? Yeah. So I picked a random message. It was this chick and she's like, hey, you're going viral on TikTok. So I'm like, I messaged her back. I was like, okay, can you FaceTime right now? And she's like, yes, or whatever. So I hit her up on Instagram, FaceTime, or whatever. And I'm like, okay. She's like, yo, like, do you know what's going on right now? I said, not, not at all. Why don't you cue me? First off, what the fuck is TikTok? <laughs> she's like, she's like, that's so funny. You don't know, but it's this app. It's like a lip syncing type app or some shit, and yeah. it's like blowing up right now. And somebody, one of these Disney Channel people, picked your song up or whatever. I said, what song? She said, that's all. I'm like, you're telling me these kids are singing that song? Like, that, you, what the fuck, dog? Like, that's that's dope, but, like, I would have never thought that was the song. I would think right. it would be one of more, more, like, happier type sure, songs. Sure, sure. It was just, <laughs> that's all. So I was like, okay, that's dope. Um, so she's like, make a profile on TikTok and just, just, just ride the wave. I was like, all right, bet. And then day later, I just keep seeing, like, 30,000 videos have been made of your song, 60,000, 100,000. Like, just keeps going, like, throughout mm -hmm. the days and i'm just like holy shit like it just yeah and that totally gave me like i got like fucking little kid fans now and shit it was, it was a blessing in disguise yeah. um i'm not a big tiktok person i don't really do the can i'm not right. flamboyant i'm not like that you sure. know what i mean kind of just be like i'm i'm good on that but yeah. it is a blessing it's very cool now forever uh like hype up tiktok and support tiktok because of that so 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 does that become you know, part of the, the strategy after that? Do you, do you start then thinking about, like, <clears throat> we're, now we're making music, you know, how mm. are we getting it to TikTok, or what, what is that? Yeah. Like, uh, you, are you, like, adjusting things kind of on the fly as you see stuff happen like that? Oh, for sure you have to, yeah. but I don't, like, I don't, like, wake up and be like, okay, how can I TikTok? 
<laughs> no, TikTok's like the last kind of. I just, I'm still doing what I'm doing. I still, but now I have a little more. Like I haven't. So when I post things, I have one more app to post on now. I kind of see it that way. Like sure. I have, I have one more like social media, whatever to 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 show love to and to like spend time on. Which is kind of like if it wasn't for music, I wouldn't have even have an Instagram, bro. I fucking hate social media, but you have to have it. So. Right. I was like, oh, another app. Like, I don't even have Snapchat. I, n I never will have Snapchat because I can't. I'm not, you won't see me, like, waking up, vlogging. Hey, everybody. I, like, I don't do that. I'm a, I'm a loner, dude. Like, I kind of keep to myself. I don't right. really fuck with that, the camera like that. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting because TikTok, you got to be super, like, I don't know. Have you seen TikTok? A little bit. It's kind of. Mm -hmm. It's you know, cringy as fuck. It's not for me. Yeah, no, but Definitely. it it's so cringy, but it's it's intriguing because it's like I watch these videos and I'm like, but I keep watching them and I can see why it's getting so popular. Like, I don't know, these kids are taking over the world, bro. Everybody seems really happy. Everybody's happy on TikTok. I haven't seen anybody. I think I'm the most angry song on TikTok. <laughs> I don't. I've never seen anybody like. I've seen people sad like the emo and shit, mm. the emo kids and stuff. You yeah. know that whole scene, but. Yeah, everybody's like pretty and having fun. I, I don't know. It seems like a positive right. uh, app. Yeah, know. for sure. Um, but it's definitely a lot of energy. A lot of time and energy. And yeah. then are you are you messing with Triller too? Like that's a whole other that, thing. Yeah. I guess that's my question is like, does the list just keep growing, and, and then you have to figure out how to manage it all? Or? Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. You got to adapt to the times. Otherwise, yeah. you're gonna not excel like especially with internet and social media you have to adapt so how do you decide uh where the energy goes and like when you know at a certain point it becomes you know a distraction from the, being in the studio or doing mm -hmm. like the other stuff you need to do it's definitely a distraction yeah definitely i'm uh i have to turn my phone off a lot of the time when i'm in the studio because mm -hmm. it is addicting for one and two it's like it's addicting, bro. Like, I'm addicted to social media. I don't even like it. But it's because of my career. It's like, that's yeah. how I make my money, sure. you know? So it's kind of a... Addiction sounds a little extreme, but it is It is an addiction. I'm always on my phone. Right. And when I don't have my phone, I want to be on my phone. That's how right. I know that, I, that, I, that I'm addicted to it. And how much of that stuff can you outsource? What do you mean? Like... Like, you know, you can have somebody else handle your like social oh i i could have that now i uh my, my manager has been wanting to do that shit for like a year and yeah. I, I don't want to like i love i would feel like a fucking phony if i was like having somebody post my photos for me and doing the captions and engaging with my fans like i want to engage with my fans i want to hit them up and be like yo what's good man i appreciate like i want to do that shit sure. i don't want a fucking robot or a team member to do that right so that's kind of why i'm hands-on i'm sure when it gets to a certain point they're like you have to have help with it yeah but i think i'll still always be hands-on with it i don't think i'll ever just give somebody full control of my social media and be like okay mm -hmm. handle mm -hmm. as easy as that would make my life it would make my life a lot easier and it wouldn't consume me as much i just sure. don't think i could ever see myself yeah doing but it's that. not right yeah yeah and like you said you feed off that energy from for fans, sure right so yeah that's that's important to hold on to mm -hmm. um what's next what are you what are you excited about get this tour going bro yeah this is all i'm focusing on right now is this tour you know the music's dropping every monday videos are popping out left and right that's cool that's the easy part this tour shit bro like i want to go to all, the tough part is i'm stubborn i want to go to all the small places mm. like going to la and brooklyn that's just cool 
But like, I want to go to like the towns I grew up in because yeah. nobody goes to those towns, sure. you know. So, I want to cater to a little small town in Iowa or Ohio or fucking Texas and shit. Like, so. But the problem with that is, it's like, it's hard to book. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, we're taking our time with it. Um, but I really want my first tour. Like, I could have been gone on tour. I could have done half-ass tours, half-ass shows and shit. I don't mm -hmm. want that. I want my first tour to be like dope, and I want to be able to give the best show possible. And if I'm worried about you know, certain promoters or these little venues and shit, like, I'm not going to be able to give my fans the best show because I'm going to be stressing about other shit. So sure. I want it to just be a smooth process. It never is, but I want it to be as smooth as possible, especially for my first tour. Yeah. First time fans getting to see me and stuff, I want to give them the best experience possible. So I'm ta we're taking our time with the routing and all that, and the fans are driving me nuts as much as I'm driving them nuts <laughs> because they're every day, when are you coming here, when are you coming there? And I'm like, yo, like, I keep saying this. I've been saying this for a year, I know, but, like, just stay patient. It's happening. Yeah. Just trust me i mean that's a good problem to have if people are yeah people no are it is but i feel like i don't know sometimes i feel like damn am i gonna lose fans if i don't start hitting these fucking shows like I no worry. you're not that's what everyone says but i still think that right i'm like tripping a little bit like damn i don't want to i don't want people to be like you know what fuck this dude he's not ever you know right so i don't know besides that i'm chilling on the being patient i'm not a very patient person i can tell you i, I used to work with lincoln park and they would get messages from countries that they've never been to Jeez. in 20 years. Yeah. And they're like, when are you coming to Malaysia? Actually, they do go to Malaysia, but like, uh, now I can't even remember which countries. 20 years though. Yeah. Still. India. Wow. They're like, when are you coming to India? We're, we've been waiting 20 years. What the fuck? Damn. Right? And yeah, they're not, your fans are not going to give up. Wow. Okay. They made me, okay. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's real. That's <laughs> Thanks real. for putting my mind at ease. Um, Although that is Lincoln Park. I'm not Lincoln Park, so. Fair enough. Uh, what? How do you put a set together? If you you put out all this music, good question. No, it's how's that work? I I you got I go by most popular, and then I yeah. go to my, so I do the most popular, and then I do like my favorites, and then I do like two songs that I I'll pick ten songs that are the add the night of mm -hmm. depending on the city and the vibe the weather and shit like nice. moods so like i'll always save 10 songs and i'll always continue swapping those 10 with each other yeah. but then i have my set my set songs that i, I sure. do for every city or every night you know sure. what i mean and that's um that's cool too because yeah i look at the i look at my uh my stats and stuff and i mm -hmm. see what cities are playing what song more and stuff like that so mm -hmm. you got to kind of do it that way but like yeah man if it's summertime and it's like a beautiful day in Los Angeles, I'm not going to be playing some like all depressing songs. I'm going to play a mixture, you know. But if I'm in right. Iowa in fucking February and it's freezing cold and people are outside smoking fucking Newports and they're fucking right. thinking about doing heroin, like I'm going to do some, I'm going to make some dark fucking set list for them and shit, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna get weird, you know. So yeah. it all depends. But you gotta, that's cool. I mean, that's that's one of the great things about the the data that's available now mm. is you can literally see what's streaming you know, city to city. I love how Spotify does that Yeah, for artists. I, I, Apple Music, I don't know if they have an artist thing. Not uh, not the same way. Yeah. Spotify, I, I praise them for that because it helps us out a lot. For sure. Yeah. It's so nice to be able to see your demographic and see exactly what city, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's pretty, pretty cool. Nah, that's cool. Um, okay, I got a little lightning round before I... Uh, Let's get it. Before I let you get on your way. Um, what's your favorite city to travel to? New York City. Who's your favorite DJ? Skrillex. 
Oh, nice. That's a good answer for you. I like. Yeah. I like Skrillex for you. I like. Sk I like Skrillex. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's dope. Yeah. Uh, what's the last great book you read? The Bible. Okay. I've heard of it. Haven't read it, but I've heard of it. I haven't read it the whole thing. I. Okay. I, I need some God in my life, man. My life's fucking disgusting. <laughs> I need some. I need some positivity sometimes. What movie have you seen the most in your life? Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors. Three. Is that the best of the series? My humble opinion. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. Um, all right, how much are you, uh, now we're off track on the lightning round, but Let's get it. How, how much are you uh, a horror movie fan? Like, you make you make music in that lane. Are you watching all these? All of them. Everything. I have every horror movie. I think I've probably, I, I, got, I got foreign movies yeah. that are in subtitles. Yeah, I'm fucking not. What's your favorite foreign horror movie? Uh, Tony. Okay. Yeah. Australian, I think. Okay. I'm not a horror movie fan. Uh, with you know a couple of exceptions, but uh, um, audition Japanese movie. Well, it sounds familiar as hell, but I can't. I don't know if I've ever seen that Watch. audition. What's it about? Um, it's about uh, a woman who gets like assaulted and takes her revenge. So kind of like Kill Bill type shit? Yeah, but different. Okay. It's badass, though? You didn't see Hard Candy, did you? No, I didn't. Um, that was, uh, what's her name? Ellen Page from Juno. Okay, yeah. The movie she made before Juno. That's what put her on? Same kind. Of, well, yeah, it was a tiny little movie that no one ever heard of, but it was like same kind of story. Okay. But uh, audition, but it's it's Japanese horror. It's still. I'll, I'll keep sick. it. Yeah, you'll, you'll dig that. That's all I got. I, I don't That's know pretty good. She got it. me though. You know, it's a movie I've never heard of. Shit. Um, what style of yours are you glad is not on social media? Like from your growing up, from your past. Like clothing wise. Uh -huh. Oh shit. Uh yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Uh, the big DGK fucking uh -huh. shirts with the fucking hat my long hair and my fucking baggy ass pants yeah bro yeah. i could go on for days i but at the time I that's was, not so bad i was I dripping mean, at the time though yeah. bro i was swaggy as fuck but now looking back i was like why would you ever the fuck are you doing doc i mean it's funny how just the the way our clothes fit has just changed everything's getting tight yeah everything bro yeah, yeah. it's like fitted now yeah remember the jinko jeans yeah for sure i do <laughs> Fucking and, and I, you know, I'm too old for that shit. Like, I won't go skinny jeans or nothing that tight. Yeah. But like, you can't. But I, I remember when I first started seeing it, I was like, Nah, we, we're keeping it baggy. But you can't do that. Can't do that. You look no. like an idiot. Like, look like you're stealing shit. Can't go to Supreme with some baggy shit. They're gonna be like, Yo, bro, what the fuck's this? <laughs> Either you're shooting up something or you're. But you're but here's the something. thing though. That shit's gonna come back. 
It all, it all doesn't always come. Everything yeah, comes yeah, full circle. It's all yeah. gonna come back, and then everyone's gonna be like, "What the fuck was with that tight shit?" I know. Hey, you even see the NBA players they be wearing the short yeah. shorts now. Yeah, like yeah. short, not at maybe not as yeah. short as like Larry Bird days, but yeah. they're like starting. LeBron's is definitely above the knee. We did, man. Me and Henry were thighs out. You Damn, balls hanging. You, you had no. I mean, that's how. That's, that's what it crazy. Was. I can't. I can't get down with that way, bro. Dude, if if you were. That was the style, though. You were 15, 20 years older. Yeah. That's what it was. If you took a picture of me in 1984 and compared it to a picture of me today, you would not be able to tell the difference. (laughs) Okay. I mean, except from the neck up. (laughs) Fair enough. But I'm saying, you know, I, you know, you know, I grew up in a in a ghetto ass high school, and all the all the thugs and drug dealers, whatever they they were, they had some small ass shorts until the. Until the late '80s, hey, even the until Easy E showed us everybody that says let your pants sag down, sag them down, yeah. But that's crazy. But you know, five years before that, short ass shorts. That's how it was. Dolphin shorts. Well, yeah. What if you had some fucked up knees or something? Some, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just let it rock it. What are you gonna do? I don't know. <laughs> Got some fucking I don't know. Tall socks. Tall, yeah. Short shorts. They did rock the tall socks with yeah. the short shorts. Yeah, it was from the knee to the thigh Damn. that was exposed. Um, if you could wake up tomorrow, <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any quality or ability, what would it be? Patience. Oh, damn. So you want to get patience immediately. I, I wish I had a lot more patience. Yeah. That's an irony. Is that the word? Is that crazy? Yeah, that's good. I want patience now. Yeah, you want I'm, patience. I'm impatient to get patience. I, I want know. patience, but I don't want to wait for it. Yeah, I'm going to write that down. That's a song. That's a bar right now. Uh, yeah, man, patience. I could you definitely use, use more patience. Okay, and lastly, if I was on your team, I worked for you, <clears throat> what's something I would hear you say over and over? Let's get rich. Probably. I say that a lot. Like, that's good. Let's, let's ball out. Like, yeah. let's, let's do this. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for doing this, man. It was so appreciate much fun. It. Thanks for having me, bro. Great stories. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank um, you. How's everybody find you? Skits Craven. Everything at Skits Craven. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, my website, skitscraven.com. All merch is on there. You'll be able to buy tour uh, tickets for tour on there. Nice. Um, Spotify. Everything Skits Craven. That's K-I-T-Z-K-R-A-V-E-N. Dope. We'll come back after the tour. Let us know how Oh, for sure. we got to get you to a show, too. I'm in. Cool. And then we'll be sweaty as fuck. Let's get it. <laughs> thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, dude. Hey, that was Skits Craven on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Um, tell us what you thought. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Facebook's is the same thing. Facebook's? I think it's called Facebook. I don't know. You decide. And um, we got videos of a lot of our episodes on YouTube if you want to check those out. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.